Alright, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, and that's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. This is Mike Semper Baby from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip them to bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. Welcome to the January 24th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, just like mildly excited and optimistic for uh, Royal Rumble. So, uh, yay. Let's see what happens on Sunday. Look, man, you all right? Because I, I was like, <laughs> look, you know what the Royal Rumble is. And the bill been whacked. I mean, I'm just like it's been it's been a long time since we, since we really had like a, a or since uh, Survivor Series since we had like a big uh, pay per view that actually we actually cared about. So kind of should see what they do, and then kind of like similar to Survivor Series where you have all the matches getting a bunch of time. Like all these matches are gonna get time, seeing that there's it looks like we're only gonna have six cards or six matches on this card. So like we could have a really good uh, two out of three balls match. We could have a really good tag match between, um, I guess the new the, the new Ambrose or sorry the uh, replacement Ambrose and Rollins versus the Bar, and then you know you have the, the both Rumbles, which seem like they're going to they're really giving effort to. So, like I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm the, the Brian Kane match. Like I, we'll see how good it is. I think it's going to be a train wreck match anyway, like in a good way, kind of like the. You know, multi-man, they can do a bunch of crazy stuff. So, like, I think he'd be entertaining. Um, so, and then we also we also have kind of intrigue what the hell they're going to do with um, with Kevin Owens and and, uh, and his injury now and then uh, how that plays into the uh, what's going to happen amongst the Shane and the, the Daniel Bryan thing as well. So, we'll see. Like, I don't think the TV's been that good the last three, four weeks, but... We're here now, so maybe they do something good. Well, um, before we get jumping into everything, um, I do want to mention the T-shirt contest that we are running here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We want to buy you a T-shirt. The network is running a contest where all you guys have to do is give us a rating and a review on a platform of your choice. We like iTunes, personally. Screenshot it and email it to jeremy at socialsuplex.com. And by doing that, you'll be entered into a raffle. Um, The winner of that raffle will be able to pick out the wrestling shirt of their choice. Uh, You can buy whoever you want, uh, even if it's a Hogan shirt, uh, (laughs) the winner. (laughs) And we'll we'll send it to you. So we want to send you these shirts, everybody. So also, make sure you guys are are following uh, us all on Anchor. 
Um, Anchor is an app where we pretty much use it to, uh, it's like five minute audio clips or less. And it kind of gets us through the, um, periods between shows and I'm pretty much on there all the time uh, and you can call in and we can play that audio that you have on the shows uh, and thank you guys for your continued support um, we were off uh, this weekend I was like a little bit under the weather uh, but I love the numbers that were not only rolling in just on One Nation Radio but across the board the interaction is key so we need you guys to, to rock with us um, <clears throat> getting into it though uh, we know what y'all came here for. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Enzo Amore is no longer with the WWE, and I couldn't be more thrilled. I've never liked Enzo Amore. I thought he's been a shitty wrestler. I thought he was a terrible human being, and it seems like all of my um, fears have been confirmed about this guy. You know, we've been banging on Enzo Amore for about a year and change, maybe two years now, uh, for being, you know, a walking example of cultural appropriation, just stealing swag without thinking people will notice over and over and over and over again and just being whack overall. Um, I lost my damn mind on him on Twitter uh, when I heard heard the news. So for those of you guys that don't uh, follow me on Twitter, um, check me out at richladder 32 I said, WWE dropped the axe on this bum-ass, non-rapping, one-stop shop for cultural appropriation, division-killing, woman-assaulting clown. I've been letting it live, but I ain't never like Enzo. He can't rap, his hair's terrible, his tattoos are dumb, and supposedly he, supposedly he's raping out here. Enzo Moore is a scumbag, and he's been that way since they had him playing a babyface. I knew he wasn't shit back then. We need to throw him the fuck away like Uncle Phil used to do Jazzy Jeff. He has a nerve to call himself a real one. You don't know the first thing about being a real one. Like, fuck out of here, man. Um, he, he did a uh, fuck-up challenge with his whole career inside of six months. I hope they paid a troll toll to get in, get on, um, up on him. Uh, I watched, I, yes, I watched the, or, that Corey Graves interview, and, and I didn't talk about this on the show last week, but I don't think I've ever wanted to put hands on somebody more for somebody than uh, when Enzo was in front of Corey Graves. This shit was nuts. And then we found out about the rape allegation. You know, WWE pretty much uh, had had to do this, James. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but, you know, I, you know, remember this guy stealing promos from rap songs and rearranging them so people don't notice. Uh, remember that one time he showed up like Ghostface Killer and, and, you know, no one, you know, like no one would notice. I remember you pointing that out to me and I was like, I thought the same thing. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he converted the Michael Jordan logo into some appropriated bullshit. The man came out here with a thriller jacket on like he was Mike. Fuck no, you're not. I've been ready to get Enzo to fuck about the paint, bro. Like, straight up. That fake-ass running man. Had, all that shit slid half, way too long, bro. He has half of a, of a Tupac of life tattoo yep, on that's his next. chest. That's next. That's exactly. Yes. He yeah. showed up on national television for years with half a thug life tattoo. Like, shit was all good. If that's the realest guy in the room, everyone in there is a fraud. Where is Big Cass to big boot this man on repeat? James. Yeah, um, um, your, your thoughts on this whole uh, Enzo Amore situation? Yeah, like, I mean, we I think we've uh, we've beaten the dead horse as far as he's not that good of a wrestler in the ring. He's just a promo guy who, in a different time, if Vince didn't absolutely detest the idea of a manager, would have been a manager, especially for Big Cass at the time. Um, 
But uh, that's not what he did. So he decided to have him come out here and, like, make, you know, be so bad to match that he makes, like, the main roster guys look like Doofuses, like Cesaro, who, you know, might be the most talented, might possibly be the most physically gifted guy in the entire um, company, look like a schmuck trying to um, carry him around. Uh, yeah, but, you know, moving aside from that, like, onto the, to, to the important the stuff yeah, that the important you know, stuff. really matters besides, you know, us. Yeah, the actual importance of besides, like, us, you know, talking and making fun of the fact that he's such a wrestling, the fact that he might actually be a fucking rapist. Uh, yeah, I, regardless of whatever happens with him and maybe he gets exonerated, maybe there's something, maybe there's multiple, apparently there might be um, more than one witness uh, of the interaction or whatever, the, uh, the sexual encounter. Who knows what happens? Um, you know the statistics of of what it is with um, with uh, women that report rapes and, and whatever else, or, or women that are sexually assaulted in like the shockingly, detestably, uh, embarrassingly low amount of a uh, percentage of people that actually like you know uh, pay for their crimes. But um, on the other end, you have uh, WWE's relationship with. Uh, relationship with Enzo at the time, which is um, anything that happens, because you have a morals clause or standards clause or whatever else, if something happens or you're under investigation or whatever else and you're aware of it, you're supposed to let WWE know. And apparently he had not. So they fired him after suspending him for a day. You got to go so, at that rate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Based on that, just alone, like, I would, I mean, you got to think, like, you know, we always joke, ha ha, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, that, you know, these guys are independent contractors. But in the sense of them being independent contractors and you're not being an employee, like, either either situation, you have a relationship with somebody who is who is giving you money and has, you know, something at stake uh, as far as a, a public public relations. And also... Like, you can't leave them out of... The, yeah, you can't just leave them out of the lurch for that long. Like, they, this was really fucked up thing that he did... As far as him not telling them, regardless of whatever happened, he's moving that to the side for now. Like regardless of whatever happened, he should have told them this. So he does, you know. In theory, if I was running that company, you you did something that is like really really bad, and I have to answer a lot of bullshit because of you. You're not worth the trouble. Goodbye. Um, they put his now, face all over, over all this shit. They put a, they, like they put his face all over a bunch of shit. They essentially built a whole show around him. Um, I think WWE's at, at least owed that um, to because it could have even been a situation where if he would have got out in front of it, who's to say WWE doesn't? And this is going to sound terrible, but help him like make this thing whole thing go away, like. Who's to say that? Like, where they, you know, don't have, they can be in front of the media rather than on the defense. Because I could imagine uh, on Raw 25 that day when all the allegations broke, this man don't want to hear that shit. Right, right. Especially when you're going into uh, Raw 25. But I remember a saying, I remember a story about Dean Smith. Um, For those that aren't in the, the, uh, Art into the sports world. Uh, Dean Smith is the patriarch of the of University of North Carolina men's basketball program. Um, he, uh, he helped actually integrate the state of North Carolina. Like he's one of he's one of those kind of uh, like man was trying to win. Or, he's he's kind of like one of those special like what do you say? Man was trying to win. 
Oh, I'm, I'm in the crowd more than the players, but yeah, that too. Um, but, but ultimately, uh, that was beside our just like, like, you know, like this kind of person kind of like matters to, he ain't just like just a bad, he's more than just a basketball coach is kind of what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, he, what, you know, you know, you know, just what you've been a Duke fan about this gigantic long list of, 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 of the Smith coaching tree and disciples. And, you know, even to this day, his, um, his fingerprints are still somewhere on the program. You know, he's, he's, he's dead and gone. But, um, there was a former coach that, uh, that asked him one time as far as, as far as the situation, um, on how to explain or something. He wanted to know if I'm up two, if I'm up three points, when the clock is running down, uh, clock is running down. They're you know about to the end of the game. Should we foul? And should we foul by being up two? Basically meaning like don't give them a, t- a chance to tie the game. Can we? Should, should what, will your strategy, Coach Smith, be to foul him, put him you know on the free throw line, get the ball back, and then handle that, or just let them get a shot off? And his answer was, what whatever you do, you. You should have a plan to explain it to the media. That's what his that's what his strategy was. Right. It wasn't it wasn't do this or do that. It was whatever you do, have an answer for the media. Yeah. Enzo Enzo did not leave an answer for for Vince for Vince McMahon or who or Stephanie who's in public relations or whoever else to answer these questions when there were inquiries or whatever. So when you leave somebody who works like that, that definitely frames relationship and that definitely is a is a bridge burner. So that's where that's where he's at now. And this was like the last straw, uh, reportedly, because you know Enzo has several incidents um, that that have gotten him heat. He's had the deal where he's yeah. bringing people into the locker room. He had the joint where he was trying to flex on the stripper. Uh, remember that whole story? We we um, clowned yeah. him over. Um, yeah, it was just too many problems, one on top of the other, with this guy. Um, and I think you know I saw a tweet today that was really interesting, and it. There's a lot of this, you know, has generated, you know, conversations that <laughs> this section of the fan base, I don't know if we really want to have uh, with them because it, it feels like we'll be doing a whole lot of educating, James. Um, just the way people have reacted, like where they have, you know, gone into the whole victim shaming thing uh, and then, you know, jumped to immediately saying she's lying and absolutely just, you know, I. I don't know if you saw the account of everything, James, but it was pretty detailed. It was pretty graphic. And, you know, you, you got to just read it for what it is. Yeah, and, I, I didn't read. I think I saw like a screen cap of, of like one thing, but I didn't see like I heard it. was I heard it, it was multiple. It was multiple things, right? Multiple yeah. tweets or whatever. Yeah. And then like somebody got added into it and that was a that may have been an eyewitness or whatever. Yep. And then they responded back and yeah, like, so I didn't, I only heard that. So I'm only like, that's only, uh, that's hearsay for me. But like, I, I saw like one screen cap. And ultimately the unfortunate thing is if you've been, a, if you've like follow stories like this, uh, I mean, any type of, uh, arena, you kind of know the pattern of how that's going to follow involving somebody that's famous or has some type of uh, notoriety to them, which is person person X says that person Y did this to them, and then people go to saying throw this person away forever. He's un- uh, this person unredeemable. All the work they've ever done does not matter anymore. And then on the other side, there's also 
this person's a liar, this person could be lying, so therefore, innocent until proven guilty, therefore, like, I'm just going to pretend it never happened, or even worse, like, I then, like, champion that person's plight, which is like, you're championing the plight of somebody that may have done some heinous fucking thing. Uh, maybe no, maybe don't do that, but whatever. So, yeah, like, you kind of... Current member on, but is that pretty much what you're talking about? Yeah, it's like it's like a whole thing, yeah. like where um, it's you know, and people wonder why like folks that are victims of rape like don't go and you know handle these things. And I saw a tweet that like pretty much uh, encapsulated it very well. It was at uh, Jen Mint said this, and uh, she said a woman is raped and doesn't go to the police. Um, a story. Hold on. If a woman is raped and doesn't go to the police, a story accuses her of lying because she doesn't get the cops involved. Another woman goes to the cops and, right. and files a report, and you accuse her of lying too. Just admit that you don't care about rape victims, right? And right, right. And, and I think that's what what a lot of it boils down to. There are jackasses that have started a petition on here um, <laughs> that that have, have been to re to reinstate Enzo. It has 192 um, supporters, so y'all can all jump off a cliff. Um, you know, as my as my boy Ricky would say, "Fuck them." Um, yeah, like it's always this weird thing with like people. <laughs> It's always this weird thing where people like e- either cut, extend people a certain amount of slack for whatever else, regardless of how heinous or how feels in, as opposed to think, you know coming out of it and stepping out of maybe some things that like they haven't thought through or some things that they don't they don't realize they feel or whatever they don't they don't like process that stuff they just like go with it and then like once you present like. As I said earlier in, uh, in the conversation about, like, you look at some of the statistics for um, the amount of dudes that the, the shocking lack of dudes that get locked up compared to the number of like uh, uh, sexual encounters that happen to women or any of anybody else uh, of rape or sexual assault. And like, I don't know how you jive to look at those numbers in a vacuum. And it's kind of like when people talk about like in, in the abstract, talk about racism and it being this thing that they know exists. But once you start anecdote or sorry, um, anecdote, like you all of a sudden like, oh no, that possibly can't be it. It's like, so you think in the macro all this stuff happens, but in the micro, in front of you, <laughs> presented to you, like it's not a possibility, right? Like it's something that just like it, it, it doesn't jive, right? It's kind of like it's people be telling no, dude, themselves. like wrap your mind around, yeah. Wrap your mind around the fact that, like, so, like, the, the shocking number of women that have been sexually assaulted in this country, like, there's a great chance that, like, so, people that you, you know, you love, whatever, have done some terrible shit. They have, by the skin of their teeth, have not been, like, you know, tried for or got caught doing or whatever else. And, unfortunately, they're out there and they're still amongst you and you never know who could do what. Like, I remember reading this on uh, one article called, um, I've been raped by, uh, uh, it was, um, I forgot the name of the website. I think it was Very Smart Brothers. But basically, the, the title was, I've been raped by nicer men than you. Basically, uh-huh. going on a list of, like, it doesn't matter if you're if you're out, if you're um, a, a pro-feminist or if you're a, a feminist that's out, you know, on, on the front of the line, marching with women or whatever else, talking about whatever a woman's right to deserve. Like, dudes overstep their boundaries all, all the time, habitually line step, whether it's uh, 
you look at what we were getting to Hollywood over the last, you know, since the Weinstein thing blew up. I mean, we joke about this, we joke about this all the time. People getting people getting all their legacy brandish and talk now because they did a whole bunch of shit. This shit bigger than Matt Lauer, baby. We always we always say that because all these dudes, there's all there's all these dudes out here stepping over lines all across the world, and when dudes have been able to escape for the fact that like this society has been built to not give a fuck about women, right? So when something like this happens, and people know this. Yeah. People know this. And, and so, it was and a matter you, of time before like it said, came to wrestling. You, to, you bring up incidents. This happened. Sorry, I was like, and it was, and we were saying it was a matter of time before it came to wrestling. It was just like, who would it be, or like, would it be an internal thing, or would it be yeah. like something like that? And this was like the first big story like that in wrestling. Yeah. yeah, and like, and now that it's here, people don't know how to act. They're just like, they, it's like they y'all have, ain't got no practice like, yet. It's one of those things. Like people know the. Yeah, it's like people know the right things to say on this. Like, you can't, like, there ain't nobody that's out here pro-rape or, or pro, you know, not for women. But, like, once you have to sit there and actually, like, do some type of critical thinking or, like, some type of, like, introspection, and people don't like how they feel because, like, it, make, it makes them think of, like, certain people they know or things they, they may have fucking done and not realize was bad. They don't know how to, they don't know how to, they don't know how to handle that feeling and, and all that kind of stuff. And then that's how you get to where, like, People don't. People just don't want to like admit. Don't want to like sit there and look at something that's been put before them, right? Like so. Um, I hope people, you know, look at this and just like anything else is uh, when they is that's not involving them and see it as in, in something that they, you know, they they take and like internalize and and um and and try to come up with uh and start thinking about some of the stuff that they see on an everyday basis that like they let slide or whatever else. Um, or they see and they like try to and just like overlook it and like maybe we can make you know it's something this shit happened to this woman and it's fucking horrible maybe possibly but um, probably but like maybe we can you know move over here and make this place this world a better place off of something like that oh, or like uh, I mean there's been I mean I will say this though there's been a million examples like this so hopefully like we don't need a million and one but it's where we're at right now. Also, um, she, you know, she was, uh, I believe she's a Snapchat model. So essentially like, you know, if not exactly a sex worker, she's a cousin of a sex worker. So, uh, apparently, you know, you know, assholes are perpetrating the thing. Oh, she couldn't have possibly been raped. Like, like, like that's supposed to like magically like stop, you know, like, I don't know. I had, I had a lot bigger I don't want to say I had a bigger problem with the reaction to it, obviously, than, the, you know, the fact that it's absolutely horrible. But both of them kind of, you know, run, you know, hand in hand to me because I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Man, fuck Enzo Amore. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, it's, yeah, like it's, it's respectability. It's, yeah, and that, as far as that, like, that's respectability politics. That's just like, you know, like people trying to find a perfect victim actually, like, you know, be worthy of their sympathy or their empathy. And it's like, nah, like. Something horrible may have happened to this person. Like that's good enough. Doesn't matter if they were a saint or not, or they're not something happened to them. Like you don't need to, like you don't need to be freaking Virgin Mary to like be worthy of, of of compassion. Oh man, yeah. So uh, Enzo Amore no longer with the WWE. We don't have to watch him murder the belt. We don't have to watch him murder the division. We don't have to watch him murder matches. We don't have to watch him at all. We don't have to watch the tired ass catchphrases. We don't have to watch any of that shit. Um, and hopefully the right thing is done, whether it's for him or against him. 
So, uh, moving on. WWE Raw 25. James, this is going to be... <laughs> This is going to be fun. So, WWE Raw 25, the 25th anniversary of the show, uh, Monday Night Raw that we watch every week. Been going on since 1993 for those not really, you know, on the whole math thing. But the, um, <laughs> um it, it came to us from two different places uh, in the Barclays Center. I got a question. Yeah. I got a question. What was Raw 25 celebrating? Exactly. It was celebrating 25 years of being on the air, I guess. Okay, because I'm going to say it's not a 25th anniversary. Just to make you sure you know that. The same way the WrestleMania 25 is not the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. That would be WrestleMania 26. They love fucking this up. They love fucking this stuff up. Every time. Um, yeah, man. So the the whole deal with this show. James, what did you think of the show overall? Well, it wasn't no Raw 1000, was it? Fuck no. Um, oh, yeah, excuse like, me, I excuse thought... me, James. Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I um, I mean, I love the opener. Um, the opening segment with Austin and Vince and Shane and Stephanie. That shit was great. Um, yeah, it was great. And it was a, it's also like a reminder of something. But uh, I think we may get to that later. You ought to get to that now. <laughs> um, so, so I can go through the... Um... Like, you know, what happened. So we opened up. Um, Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, or excuse me, Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon were in the ring uh, saying what up to everybody um, and basically telling us, like, hey, thank you guys. Uh, called the fans the the heroes or everything, and they thanked the unsung heroes backstage. They thanked the fans for making Raw a success. And, you know, they showed the big opening video package of Raw over the years. I really liked the video package that they did. Um we came back, and Stephanie was thanking everyone again, and then she said it was her honor to introduce the one person who made it all possible, their father, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and the No Chance in Hell music hit, and it felt like Jesus had returned, apparently, because Vincent McMahon got a monster pop that, I don't know, that I wouldn't have gave him, but, you know, apparently every time you see Vince, you just gotta lose your mind. I mean, well, to be fair, every time we see Vince, it might be the last time. At this point, because he's uh, seventy-three, yeah. right? That's, that's true. That's true. But yeah, so but you can't, you these can't people be jumping like, up and down. Him, and then all of a sudden, a month later, he just gone. Look, people, these same people be jumping up and down, talking about this man old. He's seen out, doesn't know what he's doing, and you know everything with Roman Reigns. And you go out there and cheer for him, and like and lose your damn mind, like Jesus returned. I agree. I agree. But here's the thing, right? As as somebody who has lived with that lived through something like this, known as like as a Florida State football fan of the lost decade, bounds last uh, seven years there, uh-huh. um, eight years there, where you're like, yes, this dude built this thing from the ground up, and it's all because of him. But he also needs to go. Like <laughs> you saw, like you saw me, like I'm, if I'm, you were there, like during that Gator Bowl during his last game when he played that spear, I was boo crying. I never want him to leave because he built the thing, right? Uh-huh. Ultimately, like, you are appreciative of the person that, that built something that you love, regardless of the fact that, like, it's not doing as well as you think it should at the time. And Makes to be sense. fair, like, that's what Vince still 
this spot still has flashes of brilliance. Like the Braun Strowman thing this year and the Goldberg thing um, a year a year and change ago, whatever. Like those are two home runs you're not at the park. Now, overall, like if I look at the entire general, all five hours of the TV, I have to watch every single week. No, there are some. There are a lot. There's more miss than hit at this point. There's a lot of either you know singles, strikeouts. Than, than like runs on the board, but I feel like a lot of stuff he's dealing with is the fact that it's a lot of product to try to, to put on for a fucking for a week of wrestling, right? So like he's like regardless of how good I think the show could be, ultimately we're still talking about five hours of live television. Yeah. Um, but so like but, uh, but 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 yes, that is true. Like the Roman Reigns thing is like hilarious. Like he. They bring out the Daniel Bryan thing. You want to go to the Miz thing. Uh, the Miz thing. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, like, we'll get to that. So Vince There's essentially. Stuff, yeah, like, I, I understand it. I understand why he gets cheered. Even though he went hill again, right? So Stephanie said that they started a GoFundMe to to pay for this plaque, uh, and then Vince was oh, like, oh, yeah. were, "Were you the only one? Were, were you also taken aback and pulled out of the show when he when she said that?" I wasn't pulled out of the show. I thought it was hilarious. I, bro, I was like, wait, you rich motherfuckers! I are starting to GoFundMe. You pay for it. People, people are people pay. $800 a ticket to go to the Manhattan Center and watch a match or two and a bad Undertaker promo and a bad uh, DX thing, and you out here signing up for a plaque on GoFundMe? Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so, so Vince... That's mis- they, out here, they out here misappropriating funds. Yeah. They said it was beautiful, it was mahogany, and then it's a plaque, and then all of a sudden Rich. Vince lost it. Rich. Rich, misappropriating funds is not even what that means. I'm just saying it because it sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, misallocating funds. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, so, so Vince immediately heals on the crowd. He said, this this whole thing feels a little cheap. So as soon as Vince started, you know, acting unappreciative, I was like, oh, this man's about to get stunned, apparently. <laughs> immediately. Same, yeah. How about the same thing? So, um, you know, Stephanie said, you know, the GoFundMe didn't raise that much. And then, you know, it's cheap, but we are, you know, we're here in Brooklyn. And then the whole crowd just turned on him and let him have it. And... You know, Vince, like, just kept going on and on about you, you guys, you know, are clogging your arteries from sucking down Nathan's hot dogs. Uh, Vince can't believe that all they gave him was a plaque after 25 years. <laughs> and then yeah. the, the asshole chance broke out, and then all of a sudden, glass broke. They should have gave, hold on, they should have gave him a watch. They should have gave him a watch and told him that a computer took his job, daddy. <laughs> or people on the computer. <laughs> um, so Austin came out, obviously biggest pop of the night. Fucking crazy. Um, yeah. Vince basically like says, you know, he, he can, he already knows what's up. Vince has been here before. Yeah. He, he knows the stunner yeah. is coming. Like yes. he, he doesn't he know when it's going to, yes, he don't know when it's going to happen, but he knows like, you know, he better start thinking about how he's going to go down. So, the what chance actually make themselves like make sense because Austin's in the ring. <laughs> so it actually works. So Vince was like, you know, uh, Austin, you look great. And, but you know, mother nature hasn't been kind to me. 
He said he's a member of AARP, James, and now he has heart yeah. problems and, and a murmur yeah. that won't go away. And he has arthritis and his bones are very brittle, trying to get that old simpy put on him. Um, yeah. He told this yeah. he, he lives in a retirement that, home. He also said he lives in a tri- yeah, retirement home. You rich motherfucker, you don't live in no damn retirement home. Get out of <laughs> my face with that. So, you know, Vince said times have changed and he's now a senior citizen. But, you know, Shane, he's in his prime. You know, go get him, Shane. And all of a sudden, you know, Shane was stunned less than five seconds later at that point. Um, Shane Man took probably his best bump since he's been back. <laughs> and that's including the ones off the cell. <laughs> that's terrible. You ain't gonna get that man props for falling for falling twenty feet to his near death. Fuck no, that man's a dumbass. That man did that shit more than once. Like, <laughs> um, so you know they start you know drinking all the beer and everything like that. They hug and you know Vince shakes his, Austin's hand and he walks away and all of a sudden he just stops for some weird reason. Like I don't know if he he didn't think he'd get away from Austin, but he turned around and Austin basically was like, you know what time it is. Assume the position, get your ass stunned, and you know for yes for old times' sake, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Vince McMahon just like it, you know, and it felt like 1998 all over again, James. Yeah, it's, it's look. Pop the territory. Yes. Um. Without saying a yeah. word. And, and it was so great. And, you know, it was like, Hill authority figure talks cash shit. And then he gets, and then, you know, he gets a fist down his throat. Like, it, it, it seems like it's such a simple strategy. But, like, now we have, you know, not as often as before, but, like, we have overbearing... People in the power, like in the in the power hierarchy, and like they come over here and they give out the rules, or whatever else, and whether they're heel or not, like they're mean to everybody, and, 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 and like they act, they they make these decisions that are not, they're just like seem you know seem off and not like uh, objective, and like there's no repercussions for it. Like maybe there's some repercussions coming for Shane eventually. Who knows? Whatever. Um, they haven't been so far after a year and change. Uh, Stephanie, she comes and goes as she pleases, and when she comes, she goes out here. She cuts everybody. She cuts everybody in half. Yeah. Um, and she only, you know, she only ever like puts over a person like one, puts over one person on the main roster once a year, and it's just like <laughs> it's so it's so weird to you know to to watch some of the attitude era stuff in like every other in like in you know I check in on episodes like you know of like. 19 years ago, and it's like almost every week, Austin is beating the hell out of Vince. Whether whether like he's making a piss his pants, or he's sticking a, a catheter up his ass, or or he's stunning him in front of people, and he's making and he's taking the stunner so terribly, or he's beating up the Stooges, or he's fire, he's firing a, a, or he's jumping off the Zamboni to, to clothesline him uh, for Larry for the Larry Otto. Vince McMahon was not safe. Or, or he's spraying him. Or he's spraying him with a beer truck. These are like classic moments in WWE history, and this dude rode that to the top. And you look, and you see that, and you think like, one, as I watched it, because of how great this was, you, you it reminds you like to appreciate this. The fact that like when we talk about Rock, when we talk about Austin, there was also a third once in a lifetime um, figure there, and that was and that was trip, and that was uh, Vince, and this is what happened. Um, 
and attitude error is what happened in you know in the success of, of Raw uh, in the in the late nineties. Well, it also like shielded them from from so it was so great and the ratings were so hot and they were so sky high that like they caught themselves in a lot of bad habits that they were able to get away with because they had three all time great draws. So you look at now and they have this stuff they have. Stephanie come over there and cut people in half all the time, and she never gets retribution back nearly enough. Um, she, you know, like, and so it also leaves it stupid, it, like issues that make you feel weird when, like, you're watching the show, you just like just remembering stuff. Where <laughs> beginning of last, beginning of last year, she made Bailey like the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. She cut off or she she kneecapped Sasha Banks by saying, "You're not the boss. I'm the boss." Literally, right? Yep. And then. She does the, and then she comes out, and then like everybody, Royal Rumble comes around, and she uh, she comes and announces this woman's rumble, and like all the all the women are in the ring wrestling and tussling each other, and then her music hits, and they all stand at attention as if like Jesus was coming down from from was coming down. <laughs> all right, so and then during that, that situation, like she's putting over Sasha and Bailey, and then you're just like you killed her, you killed them ten months ago. What are you doing now? Like, what happened on TV that we didn't... What happened backstage we didn't see on TV on your three hours TV on Raw every single week to where y'all had some type of, like, you know, many other minds or uh, come together where y'all were able to, like, you know, squash the beef or whatever, right? And you see this and you're just like, this is why the even even... Even though I think the product overall is better now than it was then, this is why, like, when, over the, when it comes to the characters, the storytelling. In general, it was better back then because it was one, it was simpler, and two, they gave care to what they put out on TV, which was, this is a story, we're going to, like, stuff's going to go loopy, we're going to swerve you at times, but the overall story arc is we have a good guy, we have a good guy that has an edge to him, whatever you want to call him, He's a good guy. He's a bad guy. Whatever else, he stuns everybody. Ultimately, the whole thing is he's a, he's a guy that doesn't want to get screwed over, so he'll screw you over first. And then we have this guy that owns a company that's that's this evil motherfucker. And we have this guy, and they come to, and they come to blows at times. They butt heads with each other, and when they butt heads with each other, the guy that the guy that's the real star, the guy that's out here busting his ass in the ring, is the guy that's going to get over on the authority guy because he's a geek in a suit. Regardless of how good, uh, regardless of how big his muscles look like, he's a geek in a suit. Right. We're going to embarrass him, his ass every other week, and occasionally, maybe <clears throat> once a month, maybe once a month, uh, Vince will get over on on Austin. But this way, this way with Stephanie, where Stephanie never once a year, once a year, this is an issue, and I just, I just wish they would watch her. Like you watch that, you see that, um, you see that segment. You see how great it was. You see that might have been the only good thing on the show. It was damn sure the only great thing on the show. And you don't go back to your blueprint. You don't go back and look at some of your shows like, huh, you guys had a plan for you guys succeeded because you did this, not because you did this. It's like, it's almost like they sort of remember what they used to do and they say, ah, and then they rationalize it to where we fit it to to come up with this. We can do it better. it's, it's, it's... yeah, and it's like the cliff, and it's almost like when we talk about NXT call-ups, where 
It's almost as if Vince gets the like the Cliff Notes version of why this person got over and how they got over, and he's like, eh, I could do it the same exact way or something pretty close and probably have a, a chance of it working, or I could do it my way and do it better and then resulting in the ascension, the uh, <laughs> the revival, uh, anybody else, you know, Sami Zayn, Bailey, uh, Finn Balor. It this it, this is the issue is like. If you just go back and look at your history and you have a blueprint of success that worked at a time, I don't know, maybe try that again? Maybe? Yeah. So after that, uh, we had an eight-woman tag with uh, Sasha Banks, Oscar Bailey, and Mickey James against uh, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Nia Jax, and Alicia Fox. All of a sudden, Absolution's apparently teaming with people now. Um, Sasha got the uh, tap out on... Alicia Fox and they had Oscar basically throw everybody over the top rope to tell you Oscar is the one that this whole shit is going to be built around and Oscar is the one that is special and she's the favorite so tune in and see um I I liked how Bailey and uh and Sasha jumped over the top rope uh for that for their faux eliminations so yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not really worried about them going over the top rope or anything like that. They're gonna go over just like anybody else. So, um, backstage from there, Kurt Angle was back there with the ref. He was saying he couldn't uh, afford having chaos with Kane and Strowman and Lesnar. Ignoring the last time these guys were all together, that they attempted to murder each other. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Braun Strowman pulled that shit. Pull that shit down like he was Shaq in Orlando. Yes. yes. Just yep. rip the whole damn thing down. All, the whole apparatus. Yes. Just, just bring it. Pull it down, big man. Yes. All of a sudden, uh, Jonathan Coachman came in and talked to Kurt Angle, looking looking like the biggest cornball there is. Uh, Harvey Whippleman came in, and also the Brooklyn Brawler, since they were in Brooklyn. Um, I, 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 I'm mad I didn't see a brawler in a match. I feel like the brawler should have wrestled. Um, How but, old is Lombardi now? I don't know. He's got to be 60 or maybe in his late fifties. I don't know, man. I don't know if you want him in the ring. <laughs> um, and who else came in? Teddy long came in and, and was dancing and, and fresh to death too. With, with the extra long jacket on you boys. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, yeah, go ahead. Quick, serious question. Is, is, is Teddy long the flyest deacon in WWE history? Yes, he's way more fly than Deacon Batista. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Bruce Prichard came in, huge pop, and he was. He, and then the funniest part was he knew everybody in the ring except Coachman because he wasn't there with him. So, right. <laughs> and then they did that 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 funky ass dap that they tried. They, they just couldn't get it right. Now all of a sudden, you know. No, but here's the thing. Coach was Boston Dap with, with Teddy Long too before then, and then he Boston Dap weeb. with. That was why I noted it. It was like, wait a second. He botching. He botching. Uh, he botching. You know, the brother, the brother Dap, and he's out here botching the white man's Dap too. Yes. Like, yes. how do you? Can you right? How? Pick one. Pick one. You know. Like you can be bad at one. You can't be bad at both. Yeah. Right. Apparently, you know. Apparently, you can. And it wasn't intricate. Dap. It wasn't like LeBron dapping up like uh, Kyrie, or sorry, like Kevin Love, and then Amon Shumpert, and then like know. Dwayne Wade. What is like twenty steps to it? You know. It's just a simple. Uh, uh, uh. I don't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just 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 mess up all the all of the yeah, all of the greetings, all of the uh, pleasantries. Cornball. Um. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know right where I'm going with that. I wasn't that. ready for that. Yes. I wasn't ready for that at all. <laughs> so the, the the boogeyman uh came in there and he was eating worms and shit and you know looking like an absolute you know this guy boogeyman uh, I saw I saw I saw someone Twitter that it was like the boogeyman figured the business out a long time ago. This man has finessed this shit into uh getting paychecks for the last 13 years without taking a bump. So <laughs> Um, after that, um, the undertaker came in, uh, they did a video package about the undertaker's career. They were in the Manhattan center, uh, Jerry Lawler and, and, and uh, Jr. were on there. They had the Ico pro in the background, which was a treat. Um, the whole thing was like a vanity thing. Cause, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a second, but that whole shit was a ripoff. Uh, undertaker came out, cut this weird ass promo. James, do you remember this promo at all? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yeah, like he roughly said about like I, you know, pretty much like I've done done it all, right? Yeah. And then he basically, almost, it almost sounded like he was basically like retired, like he was almost like it was a retirement speech. But like we weren't really clear, or if there was like if there was another challenge left for him or whatever else, or if he bust the line, like. But it just felt like it felt almost as if like they told him to go out there because like yeah, you were in the main event of the first episode of Raw, so we kind of need you back. But like we really don't have anything for you. Yeah. Which is perfectly fitting because like, you know, like a lot like John Cena, they haven't anything to do with John Cena really for other than like Roman Reigns, like ever since WrestleMania. So it's kinda like fitting. Like, oh yeah, we'll just oh yeah. Yeah, we well, yeah, we, we need you. What you want me to do? I don't know, we'll figure it out. And then you, you keep coming down the line all of a sudden like, what it's like this all you have for me? You know, stuff happens. We had to move stuff around, but yeah, we were here, so you might as well use you. Like, like honestly, it was longer, but like, did they make any better use of the Undertaker knowing Royal Rumble or WrestleMania compared to Chris Jericho backstage with, with Elias? Because like, they felt like they got the same use out of them effectively. As far as like, y'all just there, we're gonna use you to pop the crowd, and you know, that's about it. What do you think? Do you think they made better use of Undertaker or Jericho? Uh, definitely Jericho, because Jericho is, um, he came in, he, he got his gimmick over, he he got to interact with somebody. Oh my god, these fuckers. Like, I'm gonna have to silence this thing. Mute. Hey, I've been muting, I've been muting the, uh, <laughs> that, that group all the time, so yeah. I understand. Indefinitely. So, um... <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, definitely Jericho. Um, Undertaker came out there, and it was just like people were chanting "Holy shit!" Even though, like, he literally just walked to the ring. I'm so tired of Undertaker, James. He needs to go to fuck. Get Undertaker at old ass the fuck out of here, bro. Like, like you got to go, bro. I'm I'm done. Like, and I've been through this over hey. and over and over. The only thing I'll say to him is he looks in a lot better shape than he was last year at um, going to Royal Rumble in. Uh... Well, we'll see. And, and that man kept his jacket on, so, um, so he covered so up his I, gut. So, so I, yeah, so I... No, but I'm seeing, like, he looked more toned in his arms and stuff, too. Man, that's, so, man, that's what, All I'm saying is this, right? I don't know if he's going to have a match. I've heard he's going to have a match. Like, I don't know if he's going to have a match. I've heard he's going to have a match with Cena. 
I don't know how good that match is going to be. I'm not particularly interested in actually wanting to see that match. Um, like, if they're going to use him, you will, you would have hoped that they would have done, made better use of him uh, for this appearance than that, right? Seeing that it was like, I think the first the first hour had like almost 5 million viewers. You would have thought that they would have made better use of Undertaker than have him come out there and cut a nothing promo. Yep. Because talking ain't never really been the Undertaker's strong suit anyway. So I don't... You There's know. that too. There's also that too. But also the weird part is like last year when he was out here coming out with the lines like, you know, I'm, I'm digging holes and take, I'm taking souls and digging holes. Like that was fire this year. Not so much. Yeah. Um, so after that, Roman Reigns and the Miz, um, Actually, no, before that, we get the first card game, the APA's backstage with Heath Slater and Rhino. Then all of a sudden, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, walked in with the million-dollar championship uh, and threw threw some money on the table saying what to do. And then all of a sudden, million-dollar man was in on the game. Then we got the uh, Raw General Managers over the years. And then uh, Big Johnny came out dressing that all red. And then uh, William Regal was brought out and also Eric Bischoff. Uh, big pop for them, and then all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan, the crowd lost their mind. Um, everyone, right. everyone got to do the yes chance, and you know, you're just like, mm-hmm. man, when, when, when they gonna do it? Then all of a sudden, the Miz music hits, and it's like, you fuckers, like, like, why are they doing this to us, James? Like, they are just like fucking with us and fucking with us and teasing us, and they did that stare down with Daniel Bryan and the Miz, and they made us want to see the match all over again. But okay, so my thing is. It's, it's, it's smart in the short term, but short-sighted. It's myopic. Like, for that for that five seconds, okay, so for the 15-second interaction they have when they're that close to each other and they're walking by each other and they, give, and they you know, they throw the, the, the death glare at each other, like, that's great. That's awesome. We all remember that as a callback to um, when the Miz took off and became relevant again. Like, after, even though, like, he was always really good, but, like, that was, like, his jumping point to actually, like, get back into being a... a, a if you will, a rotation guy, right? In WWE's mid card or whatever else. It jumps started smack, that was mid card. So, like, that was great for that 15 seconds. But then you thought of that, like, it's WrestleMania, is Royal Rumble season, is Daniel Bryan out there getting cheered like a god, and then, like, 30 seconds after us just, talk, just looking at Daniel Bryan, you bring out Roman Reigns. And our whole and the objective, I thought, was to get Roman Reigns to be, you know, liked. <laughs> you know, like some people will say he's a tweener. I say that's bullshit because, like, that what is he done in, to be tweener-ish? Look, that man ain't none. He ain't in between none but one guy and the say, other. Yeah, right. Like, if he was if he was a tweener, I think he would, you know, show more of that aside for like twice a year, right? Um. Like that's just being like a baby. That's like that. That's I equate that to just like the same time Hogan and Cena have been dicks as baby faces. Um. So anyway, uh. So then you get into the match and, you, and then make, and then you think of it all over again. Was like, oh yeah, it was Russell, like WrestleMania. Russell, I'm sorry, Royal Rumble is five days from now. Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Fuck. Like you know, people, their people minds, you know, and yeah. But. Like I thought it was a really good match. I, I I don't know if that was their best 
best match. I think they've had better matches. I think their last was, it was match a really was, match. I think I think it was I think that was the only match worth a damn on on, on the entire show. I think their last match was better, but um, I don't care. Miz is an eight time Intercontinental yeah, Champion. Think, like, he is he is going up, he is going up the uh, the the historical rank. He has one more time to win the belt to tie Chris Jericho for the most reigns. I believe he's going to get the days record um, if I'm not mistaken. And Miz going to continue to make this the year to Miz. And yes, the Miz will win the world title this year. I don't know where it will be, but it it will happen. And I believe that's a question that we're going to get to later. But it's on. Miz going is in the middle of a monster push right now. He's about to get his own show on the USA Network with Maurice. It's on. Miz is the man. How about it? Well, as long as, long as they look, if, as long as they give him a push and they don't do what they did to him last year, where like John Cena is literally like talking down. That's another thing I thought about this uh, when they brought the women out for uh, the twenty fifth for the twenty fifth show. But they brought out like Maurice and Canellas and um, it was Tori Wilson and Marlena. I, I thought about like you know they're basically showing like yeah this is a part of a great woman in our in our company's history right. That's what the segment was to show off, right? Uh, I, apparently, a Monday Night Raw or whatever. Right. So, like, it's one thing to talk shit as a good or talk shit about people, or whatever else, like to their face on the mic for promos, whatever else. It's another thing, like, let me think about like the John Cena and Miz thing, the John Cena, um, Nikki Maurice Miz thing from last year. Where, as as John Cena's cutting uh, Miz in half and Jimmy tapping him and saying that you know you can't like maybe you can't have kids or whatever else, uh, like he like John John took his attention to Maurice as opposed to letting Nikki do the talking and said like she didn't cut she didn't stop you from getting uh, um, getting all total divas the company didn't want you because you're not a good wrestler and this in the third and then lo and behold what do you know like. Almost or eleven months later, ten months, ten and a half months later, she's up on the stage as one of the greatest, you know, women in the company's history. And I'm thinking, like, Cena, you're a good guy. Like, why be a false, why be a false narrator um, just to get over a feud and shoot some in, insider bullshit, work shoot shit? Like, you you did enough when you Jimmy tapped to do. You didn't have to go and like kill her, cut her, and have Maurice have no reason either. Like, or you could have said that to let. Uh, Nikki do that, but uh, maybe like Nikki couldn't deliver because obviously not nearly as good a promo as Cena. But if that's the case, then like don't do that, right? Like it looked really bad when he did that now. Then and it looks even worse now because like oh not only not only like did you do that and it was and that was bad, it's also not fucking true. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know, man. Like it, 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 it you you how do I say this? I didn't mean, say this to you uh, like a week ago. You get punished for having a memory sometimes. You just do. <laughs> um, so after that, we get back um, after the Miz match, and they're back at the card table. So this is when I realized they don't have anything for these people to do. Like, So what they're doing is like, Putting them all around one gimmick to to show yeah. them, you know, instead of being yeah. creative, like why the fuck were Trish Stratus and Mickey James on the same show and not interacting with each other? Why did Shawn Michaels not yeah. walk past AJ Styles? Why did Goldust and Terry Ronalds not just cross each other's paths? They don't even have to speak. Like they have to. Like they could have done so many creative things. They just they just didn't do. 
Um, um, here's another one, right? Why do they have that number of people who just come in, fly in, and have to pay them or whatever else uh, for the travel or whatever else to get there and also to show up on TV? And, and then also bring all of the stars, from all of the, the real stars on SmackDown over for Raw 25 as well. Not to do like, shit. That, not, yeah, like, it was really weird. Like, why didn't they have like, Trish and, and Alexa Bliss, like, just walk up to each other so everybody could get their little, you know, and then have Mandy Rose there, too? Like, just to get, you know, yeah. their whole little thing. It, it was like, also, you could have did a couple things. To, it was also... It was also telling the SmackDown people who they brought over. It was like, yep. okay, all the so we're going to bring over Natalia. We're going to bring over, yeah, like we're going to bring over the real, like the real stars. Like we're going to bring over Natalia. We're going to bring over Charlotte. We're going to bring over AJ. We're going to bring over. Uh, we didn't bring over Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn or Randy Orton or, or Nakamura, but like we're bringing over pretty much the champions and like the three other people that we think are stars. Like so, we brought also also brought over New Day and whatever. I was pretty interested in telling like. Besides Randy Orton, was there anybody on that list that you've been like, oh yeah, that's the person that should have been on that should have been on there for SmackDown? How about this? Jinder was on the poster. You didn't see him anywhere. Oh yeah, but that's I was going to allude to that as far as like six months as champion for for this other brand can't even be on the can't even get fucking there. Yes. Right? Yes. Like it is it, really weird, really weird. But honestly, like I feel like the only real uh, omission from the SmackDown roster would have been Orton. Orton should have been on there. Right. Orton definitely should have been on doing there. what. Yeah, doing what? I don't know, but he should have been there because, you I mean, he's 12-time or 13-time champion. No, 12-time champion. Yeah. So after that, we had the Peep Show with Christian. And I'm sure the more we go through this list, I'll get more ideas of just stuff they could have done. Um, they did do one thing I liked, which I'll get to later with Henry and the Godfather. Um, the um, Christian, and he, he was in the ring, you know, for the Peep Show. I assume that they couldn't get Edge to do the cutting edge, so that's the reason we have Christian for the Peep Show. Um, I think I, you know, what happened was Edge had a, uh, had a sh- he had to be in, like, I think, I think Ireland to, to, uh, to uh, do an acting gig. Yep. So that's why he wasn't there. Like, they actually mentioned that he wasn't there because he had a prior engagement, but, like, I think most said that he was, in, that's what he was doing, he was Ireland acting. But, oh, okay. um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I think you're like, uh, you know, this Edge's friend. So we'll bring, you know, him out there. <laughs> so, um. Like, like, I, and you know me, I like Edge a lot more than you, but, like, it's still the same thing as, like, like dude, at the end of the day, it, it ain't Edge. So, like, you could have. No, like, no, no, you like Christian a lot more than me. I like Edge. Oh, no, 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 I meant, I, what I meant, I meant Christian, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like Christian more than you like, uh. Uh, Christian, so, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, this is clearly, like, what's meant to be, like, Edge and Christian doing this, and then, like, you couldn't get out, so you're like, well, we can have Jericho do this, or we can, uh, for do, you know, the highlight reel, or we're gonna do the peep show. Let's save Jericho for, for something else. Yep. So, um, they brought out uh, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. <laughs> Jason Jordan, apparently, uh, and I'm gonna say it now, I saw this also on Twitter, and I and that's exactly what I was gonna thinking. What I was thinking, people are gonna fuck around and boo Jason Jordan right into a world title this year if they don't quit playing. Like, <laughs> look, they uh, look, they and they don't like him. Like for real, I don't have a problem with Jason Jordan, but I, the, the way they hate this man, they gonna boo this man right into a world title. James, mark my words. I get what you're saying. Like, look at all that heat. Look at all that heat, and they're gonna be like, people gonna tune in. The people gonna tune in. Tune in the way. And he loses the belt. It's like, 
Nah, you morons. It's the same thing like Jenner. People going to tune off and people going to stop watching it and like buy the, buy the hundreds, th- hundreds of thousands. And then like when you get the belt to somebody else, you be like, I can't, I don't understand why all of a sudden half a million people decide to tune back in. Which is what happened, or I don't know how many the number, but like there are hundreds of thousands of people that like stopped tuning in when gender came and then like when they didn't want the title back, all of a sudden those people came back. So it's amazing. I, I think here's one here's one of the advantages to that at least, right? At least is the fact that like James Jordan can wrestle his ass off, right? Correct. So you got that for him. Um But I will say this, like even though like, I don't like what they did, how they went about it to get there, but like we're kind of at a point to where like if the whole idea was originally for oh, – the whole idea was they came up with this lame thing where he's Angle's son and, they're, and the fans rejected it. And if this was 20 years ago, they would have basically made him Kurt Angle where he's a baby – where he's a baby face pretending or baby face that doesn't realize that he's, um, he's actually a heel. Mm-hmm. We got to we got to where the reaction would have been had this been twenty years ago, where Vince would have immediately scrapped and went to this. Yeah. But we had to go through all these months, all these months to get to where we're at that point. But he has that kind of heat now. Yep. And um, it, it, I just don't it, think it should have. T- I just don't think it should have took this many months to get there because they knew what they had. They could have been done this. Yep. We we had to suffer through you know him dying out there as a baby face. Um, <laughs> for months um but yeah it broke down into uh where rollins hit uh jason jordan with the knee these guys are definitely losing the belts and we'll get more into that in our royal rumble preview um on one nation live but uh no way these guys make it um <laughs> past the royal rumble with the belts after that um, do you think they're actually do you think they're actually gonna have a match at wrestlemania they're probably gonna wrestle each other I know that. Do you think they're, do you think, like, given, like, what some of these, the, given what a lot of the, um, the top everyday roster has to go through to get actually, like, a singles match on WrestleMania, do you think that this feud is deserving of it so far? I mean, not yet, but they've got plenty of time to, to do it. And, you know, the match will probably be good. And it's two current generation guys fighting each other. I'm down with that. Okay. I feel like Seth could be in a bigger match. Don't get it twisted. Like I could go for you know you could talk me into Seth Rollins winning the Royal Rumble like immediately, but um, I, I think he might be in a position where he kind of gets left and he was like, all right, this is gonna be my opportunity to get to wrestle against a young athletic guy and 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 do the damn thing and and steal the show. Maybe he's the show stealer uh, this year at WrestleMania. Right. Because, like, it, I mean, if I don't know. I mean, we were all thinking that, like, yeah, they were going to go through and do the, you know, the Rollins good guy, Ambrose bad guy part of their feud. And finally, you know, and that would have been great. Yeah. And that would have been big time. But I feel like the drop off from heel, newly healed Dean Ambrose to, like, Jason Jordan as a heel, I feel like it's such a drop down. And I almost feel like, you know, Seth is overqualified for this one. Right. Um, so after that, um, they had Alexa Bliss backstage and this was like awesome. Um, so Alexa Bliss, uh, she asked Alexa if she thought she would still be champion after WrestleMania 34. Alexa acted like, like who the fuck is you to be asking me questions? And she, she said she was a goddess and all that. And all of a sudden, uh, Charlotte, a whole foot taller walks, (laughs) 
walks over to her and says, look, you're only champion because I'm on SmackDown. Charlotte said she doesn't think Alexa Bliss will be the champion at WrestleMania. Then they bring Ric Flair out and basically Flair stunts on her. And, you know, he says, uh, you know, I'm going to give you your props, but my daughter, my daughter's going to be champion until she decides to hang her robe up and wooed on her. Like uh, he might as well have just uh, Ric Flair chopped her uh, the way (laughs) they did this segment. What do you think about this, James? I have mixed feelings about it. Like, obviously, anytime I see, like, after what happened in November, like, anytime I see Charlotte and and, um, and Ruth together, like, it puts a gigantic smile on my face. Yeah. Um, But on the the same end, it's it's more that same, like, y'all already had y'all match. Charlotte already proved to be the better woman. Like, why is Charlotte there and only there just to talk down on Alexa when they're not even the same, they're not even the same brand? Uh Like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of like I kind of would have liked Alexa to be doing like you know like getting into an Oscar or whoever, or getting into a match at Royal Rumble. How about that? That'd be nice. Right? Uh, yeah. Charlotte so, also could have interacted but, with a number of the legends that they brought back. Yeah, that too. So, like, I mean, I guess the whole thing is like we have to. We don't have a certain amount of time. We have to get both of them a segment. Let's put them together. Okay, cool. I mean, Alexa's champion. I would like her not to be like look portrayed as a geek after she's beaten the whole fucking roster for a year. Um, <laughs> so there's that too. But I mean, ultimately, one's a heel champion, one's a babyface champion. Babyface basically going over a heel champion. I have mixed feelings about it, but I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. We could have had Charlotte walk up on Sasha Banks backstage and be like, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen you, essentially, and we're going to do it again one day. Like, they could have did yeah. that. You know, they, they just leaving shit on the table, James. Like, like I'm telling you, like, this is like, it, it, this was nah, the story want, of the night. They just left a bunch on the table. Yeah, like, yeah, because, like, another thing is, I mean, looking at also what they did at, uh, at on SmackDown, I mean, aside from hype up, aside from make uh, Oscar like the favorite, like they didn't do anything as far as storytelling or whatever else could go into um, the Royal Rumble. Like, you can say what you want to about like about how much you actually enjoy or what could possibly happen with the uh, the Cena and the Elias thing, but Bruh, ultimately you know they're both gonna be in the Rumble. And you know they're both going to be in the Rumble, and you know there's going to be a storyline where, like, they're going to meet each other, and one of them's going to fuck the other one. So, like, that leaves you, that gives you something. Like, on the woman's side, it's just, oh, yeah, like, 18 of them. There's going to be 12 more. Uh, it's up for you to find out who the other 12 are, whether they're NXT or new pe- or people from the Mayan Classic or women from, or women from the glory days. And, you know, or whether it's Ronda Rousey, and it's going to be there. So after that, the women came out. Um, oh, I, I take that back. Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy had a nothing match uh, for, oh, yeah. th- for three minutes inside the Manhattan Center. So Manhattan Center, yeah. this is a perfect time to bring this up. Fans were chanting oh, bullshit. God. They were getting uh, two-minute squash matches with cruiserweights in there. Um, WWE finessed these folks so bad. They, that whole building was built for window dressing. Um, and, and <laughs> what did you think about this, James? Oh, you're going to feel so bad for suckers, right? 
No. No? No, I don't feel bad for suckers. No. No, 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 no. I'm saying you can only feel so bad for suckers. Oh, right? okay. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they got yeah, they got scammed, but like, do you really think they're going to do like knowing how they got WWE does their television? Do you really think they're going to put like their best stuff in front of a crowd of what 750 50 people compared to a you know 18 17,000 seat arena? Like, you kind of knew what was up. Yeah. Um, so the women that they brought back were the Bella Twins, Maurice, Kelly Kelly, Lillian Garcia, Jacqueline, Tori Wilson, Michelle Who McCool. And Jacqueline got a big pop. Yes, I, w- I was happy about that. Um, Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Terry Runnels, Maria Kanellis, and Trish Stratus, who was on my wall growing up. <laughs> um, so uh, they literally brought them out and said, here they are. That's it. Holla. Yeah. That's it. I, they, they treated they, them like they were commissioners. Yes. Like, I, I, I don't understand. I, that, that, it was poor execution, poor lazy ideas. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Well, okay, so my thought on that is, would it have, if you were just, just in general, would it be better to be one of the, one of the geeks, one of the geek, geek legends around um, the APA's uh, Card gambling, gambling poker table? Or to get your name called out in front of the crowd and get a pop. Which one do you think would be better in the vacuum? I, I think the entrance is better in the vacuum, but it's still whack. Because you don't get to do anything. I, I agree. But I mean this is what I mean, this is what was expect or this is what we were given because they just like we say with WWE, more is more. Well, they loaded well, they uh they loaded this card up with ex WWE legends to the gills, so there was only unless they were going to do everybody was going to get like a woman to promo a piece. There won't be enough room for all these people. So we could have got uh, Jackie walking up on Sasha like, "Hey, keep up the good work." We could have, we could have got, yeah. something, we could have got something like that. Could you could have? Were got, you surprised that Sable? Knowing that Brock was there, were you surprised that it wasn't Sable? No, 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 not surprised at all. Um, think about this. So. The people that came back, right? Yeah. Why would Sable feel like she's less than Trish? She's not. So? So who was always going to get treated like the star? Trish. Trish. That probably didn't fly well with Sable, based on uh, Sable's what I, everything I know about Sable. Well, hold on. So I'm not going to be the, the last one? Nah, I'm straight. Well, my thing would be my my saying or my thought on that would be that like knowing who knowing knowing all the shit that Trish has done for the company and done and been and done with the company, and I would assume you know like we talked about this relationship earlier with the Enzo thing about the, her not notifying uh, about him not notifying uh, the company ahead of time about about this investigation that's on him. Knowing how relationships work, if you were to say. If you were to come back to a church, you'd be like, we'd like to have you back because 25th anniversary show and, you know, you are, you know, uh, a Mount Rushmore woman in the, in the history of this company. Um, but one thing, we got this thing, this idea, but, like, we're not going to bring you out last. We need to bring out Sable because Sable has these, you know, Sable is kind of being high maintenance. Can you, can you help us out, Trish? 
I feel like, I mean, I don't know if this ass or whatever, but Trish has always seemed like a person that, I mean, look at all the shit she's had to do for this company. She seems like she would be a person like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll come out second last, or I'll come out first, whatever else. Right. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe they never thought of it. Maybe they, you know, maybe the relationship with Sable is not, you know, isn't the best or whatever. Right. Who knows? But I just thought it was kind of weird that, like, for Sable and Lita not to be there, I thought it was kind of... That yeah, kind of Lita, that one was, was puzzling <laughs> to me. And I, and there's a story, I just haven't read it, of why she wasn't there. Um, but definitely, it was it was good to see all of them. They, they were all looking good still. Yeah. Um, so, even the ones uh, that was about to drop albums, they were glowing. Um, they were, <laughs> you know, and, and when we say drop albums, uh, go ahead and rewatch the show. <laughs> um after that, we had the Elias and Chris Jericho segment. Um, Jericho finessing the world, uh, showing up in the Alpha Club shirt. Uh, New Japan's Chris Jericho, I might add. Um, you know, the the young upstart for 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 uh, those guys in Tokyo. And um, Jericho talks about Elias and scarves around his neck. And Jericho says he wrote a song about him and he asked to borrow Elias's guitar. Elias was like, "Fuck you, you're not getting my guitar." Um, Jericho was like, "That's okay because I'm a rock star myself." And uh, I got my own guitar, and uh, fuck you. And Jericho sang about not wanting to walk with Elias and called him a stupid idiot and then put him on the list. And then uh, he, he told Elias, you know, uh, you know, he was like, actually, I changed my mind. And then he put him on the list. A whole, he gave him his whole, uh, or he gave him his own whole page essentially for the list. And the crowd ate it up. Talk about the levels of finesse Jericho has, um, has pulled off this year already. Dude, this man is out here working for the two biggest companies in the world at the same damn time. Like, uh, like he did, he, he was all like, yeah, like not not signed to you, but gonna show up and also got a check for that. How much do you think he, Jericho got for that appearance? If I had to guess, Jericho probably got a smooth hundred k. If I had to guess, hey, hey. Hey, all you know that's a lot of a lot of work goes a lot of work goes into like a four minute segment. Yeah, fifty k, hundred k, somewhere between look, there. Whole look, whole lot of whole lot of blood, sweat, and tears going into a into a four minute segment, right? Well, that's easy fifty k that man had ever made or whatever you think he made. Actually, that's, hold on. So, all right, so like I think I think I think I've heard like for the Hall of Fame they give those guys like five thousand dollars. I think. And then like travel yeah. expenses, all that. So if we, hey, I got, a, I got a question. Yeah, like do they give guys? Do they give guys that when they were last seen were, were effectively main eventers uh, for the company, and also like also like the biggest draw outside of the company outside of the company in America or in the world right now? Because that's what Jericho is. So you think he got five thousand dollars? You think he got more no, than that? I, I, I think he got I, more I was, than that. No, I think he got more than that. I was going to compare it to what you think Jericho should get gotcha. now. Gotcha. So. I would say if, if if Hall of Famers like guys going to Hall of Fame, they got like a couple years ago. I heard this story, so it could be wrong. Whatever, come get me. Um, the five thousand dollars as compared to what Jericho could get, I think Jericho's at least at twenty five, probably as high as a hundred. Okay. So, um, all of a sudden, um, the the Empire State Building was lit up red. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, then Elias came out there and sang about the old ass legends, talking about The Rock and The Undertaker and John Cena. Uh, and it seems like Elias is like getting over uh, for some reason. People like him. Um, uh, and then the bell rings. But 
he's got he's got something that that people like. So, well, he's got. I mean, his thing. He's got a look. He's got a look, and he has a great gimmick for Heat. So, and he, and also he's in New York. So, like, we all you know historically they love they love smart they love motherfuckers. So, so there's a of motherfuckers they love on the heels, which is now was taking over the business, but for, for, for the fandom side, but. Yeah, so he's over. He's absolutely he's undisputedly over. My my problem is, or my, my my concern is when the bell rings. Well, yeah, mostly when the bell rings. Like, how is he going to get better if like they don't 